Chapter 22 of The Border Bandits This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shashank Jakmula The Border Bandits by J.W. Bull Witcher's Unfortunate Hunt for the James Boys In the spring of 1874, John W. Witcher of Chicago, a brave, cool, cunning man, scarcely thirty years of age, connected with the Pinkerton force, and appeared before his chief and asked to be sent out to discover the hiding place of the terrible brigands. He was fully informed of the danger of such a mission, but his self-reliance and pride made him anxious to make the attempts which had already cost the lives of so many courageous officials. The chief gave his consent, and Witcher set out at once for the Samuel's residence. In the early part of March, the detective arrived in Liberty, where he soon laid his schemes before the sheriff of Clay County and asked for assistance when the time and circumstances were ripe for a strike. The sheriff promised all needful aid and gave Witcher all the information in his possession concerning the habits and rendezvous of the Jame and younger boys. Changing his garb for the habit of a tramp, Witcher left Liberty on the 15th of March and arrived at Kearney on the same day, late in the afternoon. He took the road leading directly to Samuel's residence and had proceeded perhaps two miles on the lonely highway, when suddenly Jesse James walked out from behind a pile of dead brush and, with pistol presented, confronted the detective. Witcher's surprise was complete, but he manifested not the least excitement his cool self-possession never deserting him for a moment. "'Where are you going?' was the first remark made by Jesse James. "'I am looking for work,' was Witcher's reply. "'What kind of work do you want, and where do you expect to find it?' asked Jesse, his pistol still pointing full in poor Witcher's face. "'I have been used to farm labor, and hope to find something to do on some farm in the vicinity,' responded the detective." Jesse James smiled contemptuously and then gave a sharp whistle, which brought to his side Clell Miller and Frank James, whose near presence Witcher had not thought of. The conversation then continued. Said Jesse, You don't look much like a labourer, nor is there any appearance of a tramp about you except in your clothes. Now I want you to acknowledge frankly just what your purpose is in this part of the country. The detective began to realize how critical was his position, and that, unless the most fortuitous circumstances should arise in his favor, his chances of escape were exceedingly small. But with the same coolness, he made reply, Well, gentlemen, I am nothing more than a poor man, without as much as a dollar in my pocket, and what I have told you as to my purpose is true. If you will be good enough to let me proceed, or furnish me with means by which I can secure work, I shall be thankful. At this the bandits laughed scornfully, while Jesse James proceeded with the examination. I think you are from Chicago, and when you arrived at Liberty a few days ago, you wore much better clothes than now you have on. Besides, it seems that you and Moss, the sheriff, had some business together. Say now, young fellow, haven't you set out to locate the James boys, whom you have found rather unexpectedly? Witcher then saw that he was in the hands of his enemies, 
and his heart beat in excited pulsation as he thought of the young wife he had so recently wedded, and from whom an eternal separation appeared certain. Dropping his head as if resigning himself to cruel fate, Witcher hoped to deceive his captors, and in an unguarded moment be able to draw his pistol and fight for his life. Like a flash from a hazy cloud, the detective thrust his hand into his bosom and succeeded in grasping his pistol, but ere he could use it, the bandit sprang upon him, and in the grip of three strong men he was helpless. He was then disarmed and firmly bound by small cords which Frank James produced. Clell Miller went into the woods and soon returned, leading three horses, on the largest of which Witcher was placed and his feet tied under the horse's belly. A gag was placed tightly in his mouth, and Jesse James, mounting behind, the desperados rode into the deepening twilight of the woods with their victim. They crossed the Missouri River at the Independence Landing, and just before the day they halted in the black shadows of a copse in Jackson County. Here they prepared for the punishment and execution of the prisoner, which was taken from his horse and bound fast to a tree. The gag was removed from his mouth, and then the bandits tried to extort from him information concerning the plans of Pinkerton and the number and names of the detectives he had engaged in the attempt to capture the outlaws. Though they pricked him with their bowie knives and bent his head forward with the combined strength until the spinal column was almost broken, and practiced other atrocious torments, yet Witcher never spoke. He knew that death was his portion, and he defied the desperados and dared them to do their worst. Finding all their endeavors fruitless, Jesse and Frank James murdered their victim, one of them shooting him through the heart and the other through the brain. The body was then carried to the nearest highway, where it was left to be found next day by a farmer who was driving into independence. End of chapter number 22